Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We are rolling on Facebook. We're rolling on Tazcam. So oh, I can get it. And, and so Gregory is hosting. Gregory is rolling yeah. his phone all over the place. <clears throat> well, my wife keeps texting updates on the flood. So oh. I'm trying to keep my phone off of the table. But otherwise, it it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be doing that all yeah. cast. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it like right in your crotch. Like, hey, this. everybody, this is the, the Midnight Fight cast. <laughs> Oh, you got to start the episode like that. Just use it. It's episode fifty-two. Let's go. No, I was gonna do a that like a, a really awesome Irish accent. No, let's just that one was better. Whatever you just did, let's stick with that. Let's, let's just introduce that. people. Let's there go. There we go. Oh, I was that was in my start. Oh, oh you think I was, that was in your start? You think you know who's editing this <laughs> who thing? This. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> Top of the morning, everybody. This is the Midnight Frightcast episode number fifty-two. Maddie's rolling her eyes, but I don't care because it's St. Patrick's Day, and we're down here in the basement studios. How is everybody doing tonight? Fantastical, Ooh, excellent. To my right, we've got the Scream Queen, Maddie. Yeah. To my front, we haven't named him yet. I, don't, I have never fucking name. I just don't have a no, title. I know what you have a name is Josh, but I wanted to yeah. give you something like no, the cool, doctor man. of or the mm, master uh, of or. Well, he's a master. I'm the master. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Josh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. And then the doctor of everything else to my left is Patrick. Hey, everybody. How's it going? The, the Irish man himself. We are here again. Episode number 52. We've got some great <laughs> stuff you? planned uh, no. for you here. No. Just like an Irish first name. Oh, no, just I'm, on the 17th. I'm, yeah. Just on yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Cool. Yeah. All right. We are here. Episode number 52. we got some good stuff planned for you this evening. Something a little newer, a little more exciting. But let's jump into the trailer that we just watched. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Midsummer. Samar, Samar. I'm just, just going to say midsummer. Midsummer because it's a play on the word midsummer. Uh, okay, it's spelled sure. differently. M I D S O M M A R. I think. Yeah. I think that's just the cult spelling. Probably. Yeah. So the yeah. Cults. <laughs> <laughs> we watched that for our trailer this evening. Let's talk about midsummer. Josh, go. Yeah. So it's it's uh, um, Ari Ari Alistair. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the guy that did Hereditary made this movie, and I feel like they've given this guy a license just to make weird shit because. It's it's weird. We watched it, and even Patrick was saying, like, I need to watch that explaining fucking thing because yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. I have no idea what this movie is about. I and I really dug Hereditary. I dug. I couldn't uh, purchase Hereditary because I couldn't watch it a second time. But the first time viewing, I really dug. I just uh, I, I feel like this guy is now going to make weird shit for the sake of making weird shit mm-hmm. because Hereditary blew up and did as good as it did. Yeah. Nothing against him. I may see Midsummer. I'm not going to chase it. This one was a little too Maddie for me, I think. So, <laughs> Maddie, wow. rebuttal. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not even sure what that means. I'm not, yeah, I don't either. I, I think I've said I wasn't the biggest fan of Hereditary. So I'm not really sure why I picked this trailer, but it was a little more interesting to me because I actually, from the beginning, wasn't super interested in Hereditary. Like, I watched the trailer and I was like, I could tell it was going to be a slog. <laughs> well, what a great word. <laughs> but uh, I like culty shit. So and so I see there's a couple themes that just kind of always grab me for horror movies. And this one kind of really grabbed me. And another thing that I thought was interesting is you see so many of these 
horror movies that are really dark. The trailer is really dark, not like atmosphere, more atmospheric mm-hmm. you, wise. Yeah. And so yeah. this one was kind of interesting because it was bright mm-hmm. and like they were out in the fucking sun. Yeah, it looked like some like spring festival to the tune of something out of like Danny Elfman or something. Yeah. But it was, I, that's kind of what I appreciate. I apologize if I'm interrupting you here. I, I actually, Greg. Yeah, I'm an ass, aren't I? There you go. Um, I really kind of appreciated the fact that it. I didn't know what was going on, or I. I still don't know what the hell I watched. Like especially that. I don't know if it was like a keyhole, keyhole scene or the where that scene at the end where she's looking through the door and yeah. it sounds like there's the freaking like orgy going on on the other side. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to see what was in the reflection in her yeah. eye because it looked like someone was standing there doing something. But, right, right. But yeah, it kind of had a. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Sallow. Don't. But it kind of had, though, it had an element to it. And I hope to God it's not like Sallow because that movie made me want to just like pull my eyes out. But it had almost that little bit of an undertone of Sallow. Mm -hmm. God help you if that's what you're going for. (laughs) So awful. Patrick. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. Uh, with you, Josh, where it comes down to what the hell did I just watch? And is it going to be just a series of movies from this person where it is just weird shit Mm -hmm. all the time? I did enjoy Hereditary. Yeah. And I'm seeing some reflections of similar directing styles in this one. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if it's one that I would chase down. He's really into cult shit. Like Mm -hmm. this, this would be his second, his second feature and the second cult type film so he's definitely uh he's definitely chasing that dragon that, has, that cult thing has there been any discussion of whether or not it is associated with hereditary then or that was kind of my thought because i know i didn't watch till the end of hereditary and i maybe will in my next five or ten years on this earth but um <laughs> i knew there was like a cult thing at the end of it i think it would be kind of cool if there was that little bit of a tie-in like not necessary yeah. but I think if you are a director and you just keep making movies with the same theme, I think, yeah, you probably should tie your stuff in a little bit or you're just going to be pigeonholed. Yeah, Hereditary wraps itself up in a nice little bloody bow. And I can see, like, there's definitely this cult thing at the end of Hereditary where, like, it all comes together. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could definitely take that theme at the end of Hereditary and easily shift it over to to Midsummer. But I don't know why he really would do that i don't I think what's going to happen in the very end he's just going to like shift everything and it's just a big tie into paranormal activity that would be awesome yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that would make me happy <laughs> I'm, I'm calling uh uh this guy the new uh his movie's going to have the new uh the new m night Shyamalan effect where he's oh. like watch how i now watch this now see what i can do yeah now watch 90 minutes and then watch me fuck with you for the last 10 um, I feel like that's what it's going to be. Probably. So, Hopefully I, he can do it better or at least well better than M. Night Shyamalan yeah. did for however many movies. Yeah. I hope this movie isn't as long. I know. I know. If the movie's not 45 minutes, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but no, I hope this isn't as long as Hereditary was because, as I said, I'm sorry, Hereditary was a very slow burn in the fact that it is like two hours long. Mm-hmm. Kind of a sit. So I hope that this doesn't come out and he's like Stephen King in it and is like, hey, everybody, it's an hour and 80 minutes. Sit down. <laughs> Get comfortable. We're going to be Get here. Get comfortable. A while. We will be here all night. So 
Well, I will probably give it a watch. I don't know if I'll check it out in theaters, but if it comes up on Netflix or some sort of streaming service, I might check it out. Or yeah. maybe if I'm bored and want to burn a Tuesday night, I can go check it out on there. But yeah, definitely not a, uh, a full price. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't run viewing, out and see so. this. Yeah. Cool. See, only horror films coming out in the next couple of months to chase that one. Yeah. Right. Um, that I, no, I completely agree with yeah, that. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Let's move on to – oh, Patrick, did you see what's next? No, I didn't see what's next. What's next, Greg? It's the news. I can't even plug my ears because I'm wearing earphones. You could always take your earphones off. I could, but I'm still going to hear it. I know. Who's got news for us? Well, Patrick's got two. So you want to do one and I'll do one? We'll go back and forth. This one was from comingsoon.net. And they're saying that the Curse of La Llorona confirmed that they have a conjuring connection. Ooh. That following the uh, Curse of La Llorona's premiere at the South by Southwest Film Festival, it appears that Annabelle's father, Perez, has officially crossed over from the Conjuring universe. Uh, those who got to see the film at South by Southwest have confirmed that there is not only a verbal reference to the previous film, but also a flashback in his attempt to carrying the doll into the church. Hmm. Nice. So, yeah. I heard it played really well there, too. That's what I so, heard as well. I'm kind of excited about that one. So, I'm, I'm excited to check that movie out. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I love the Conjuring universe, so to kind of shift that in there a little bit mm-hmm. is uh, kind of a cool thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, Was it intended to be part of the universe in the beginning, or did I you just kind of like throw it in there as a – I, no I think they're attaching it just because it's got a good name on it. It's kind of a similar story, just – Spanish spun yeah. to well, it. Because when people saw that that actor was in the movie, then they started thinking, oh, is this the, you know, it's, it's, it's is there the a same. connection? Hey, yeah. Does anybody know, is James Wan attached to Yes. Well, okay, well then that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. And, th- and that's why everybody was so yeah. curious about it. Right. Because yeah. once uh, Wan was attached and they saw that name, they're like, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. like when I saw it, and I haven't watched all, everything in the Conjuring universe, but when I saw that trailer, because we watched it, I immediately thought that it was connected because it just kind of had that same look. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it would have been weird if it wasn't. But I think you even said something during that yes. podcast. Yeah. And we're like, uh-huh, I don't think it's part of it. And you're like, well, maybe I'm full of shit. Well, you're <laughs> yeah. not full of shit, Maddie. You oh, win. Oh, God. Maddie for the win. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, even a stop clock is right twice a day. So we're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so speaking of the Conjuring universe a little bit, uh, Annabelle comes home is the uh, the new title in the NML series coming out June 28th. Uh, you can watch a teaser trailer of it now, but it shows you nothing. So it's a true um, teaser. It really is. It, it gives you zero. Uh, I'm not a fan of the title. I think the title is kind of dumb. <laughs> really? Sounds like a knockoff of um, the Lassie movie. It just yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> um, Annabelle, come home. But, uh, oh, I, God. Oh, God. I didn't love the first Annabelle movie. Um, the second Annabelle film was kind of a prequel. But I, I dug that for the most part. Um, but we'll be curious to see where they take the new Annabelle film. But yeah, I mean, th- th- this Conjuring thing is going to go forever. And I'm not uh, sure I'm really that angry about it. I like the universe. So. Yeah. News from Variety. Netflix will cut Bird Box footage of the Canadian train crash tragedy. Shortly after Bird Box came out, uh, there was this big outcry over footage of a deadly train disaster that took place in Quebec in 2013. They used the footage from that actual disaster in the movie. Oh. And where legally they were fine doing it because they paid Getty Images or Getty Video, whatever that group is, mm-hmm. and paid for the actual footage. But there was just an outcry about them using it because it was such a sensitive subject for the Canadians. So 
Netflix at first said they would not remove the offending content, but then in, in about face, they decided to let's go ahead and cut it out. So yeah. that has been re-edited and reposted to Netflix. Interesting. I wonder what scene that played in. Was it? It's, uh, it's like the news scenes and stuff where they were showing things on the news. Okay. Towards the beginning. Yeah. Almost, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because you can take those things and totally take them out of context as long as it works for the film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of movies do that. Interesting. But this one was very specific to this particular incident and the Canadians were offended. There you go. With every right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certain things I, I can definitely appreciate something like that. Like, you know, if you're going to show stuff of 9-11. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty sketch. Yeah. So I, I completely appreciate what's what's mm-hmm. going on there. Exactly. So good, uh, good on Netflix for recognizing and correcting that. So cool. Was that our news? That's all I had. Yeah, that's it. That was the news. I cut it short just for you. Yeah, it gets shorter every week. I'm like, all right, let's keep going. All right, kicking along. Episode number 52, we got, what have we been watching? Who's been watching what? I watched Wild Wild Country and keeping with that cult theme. It was really interesting. It was kind of slow. I mean, I think they could have cut like the first like three or four, they really could have wrapped up like the background mm-hmm. stuff. You were kind of like, okay, I don't need all of this. Cause like the last two episodes are really interesting, but getting there was a struggle, but it was, you know, it was cool. It was interesting to learn about how many people, you know, were affected by this. I know they say they don't want to be called a cult, but you know if the shoe fits <laughs> although i was like shocked about how much money they made off mm-hmm. of people like i turned to my boyfriend and was like can we start a cult like we won't do this like <laughs> felony shit but we can just get like some money yeah. no that was shot down <laughs> real quick so that's what i've been watching all right josh what do you got yeah i had a the last like nine days off so i smashed a ton of movies um but i didn't do a lot of horror stuff this week it was kind of uh an off week for me sure but i did uh and and wrap up season two of santa clarita diet finally i wrapped it up with my wife last night um really dug how it ended the new season starts march 29th oh coming up nice yeah, well, I'll see how season three goes. Um, I, I don't think they can go another past the next season. It's going to start slowing down and it's going to kind of wear out here soon. But um, Which is all right, especially for like Netflix uh, shows. I feel like there's a sweet spot around that four, five seasons mm-hmm. where it just it, it kind of needs to live there or a little less. And I think you've done a good job. Yeah. You know, so that and then I watched a movie called Burning Bright. Um, it's from 2010. It's uh, on Tubi TV. And that one was kind of interesting. It was about a, a girl that is stuck in a house with her autistic brother during a hurricane. And they there is a tiger loose in the house. And they Why? basically spend so the deal. So <laughs> her, uh, her step, please. Okay, yeah, yeah. So her, her, her stepfather bought a tiger because he's starting a uh, animal safari thing so he buys this tiger and then he basically let it loose in the house and then went to the bar during the hurricane and because he's trying to he just took out a life insurance policy on these kids and he's basically saying oh the tiger killed them so i can collect the money so you spend basically 80 minutes with these kids um, watching them run from this fucking tiger reading about it sounded really interesting but it didn't didn't play as interesting as it read so huh 
So many questions. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, it's so that, bizarre. Yeah, that dad sounds like he has right about the same parenting skills I do. So, <laughs> so, but it was a. Uh, I mean, I I sat through the whole thing. Uh, it kept my attention. It just mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the saying? Uh, it wasn't horror. Okay, there you go. It was thriller. It uh, was something. So okay. <laughs> so it was like Life of Pi in a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Weren't well, they in a hurricane just on water? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Patty has to step away for just a moment. But we'll continue talking. We'll I can talk talking. about what uh, I've been watching. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about Maddie while she's gone as well. There is a show on Fox by Seth MacFarlane called The Orville. Oh, yeah. Which is basically his version of Star Trek. And season two started, I don't know, maybe two months ago. Oh, damn. And I had no idea. So I've been catching up on The Orville. And... They must be throwing some decent bucks at it because the special effects in this show are better than what I saw like on Next Generation mm-hmm. or any of the others, Voyager, etc. So, uh, yeah, catching up on that. And then there's a new series on Netflix. It is an animated short story anthology called Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is strange, but I really like it. Each hmm. story is like about 15, 20 minutes long, right mm-hmm. around there. It's all animated, and it is not safe for work. Yeah, I, I, I saw that the other day. I was going to give it a shot, but mm-hmm. I just I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Yeah, so. it's if, if you enjoy watching cutscenes from video games and stuff like that, but on a much more professional level, mm-hmm. that's basically what it is. Nice. Uh, Topher Grace has his name attached to this project. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many episodes there are right offhand. I'm only about six into it, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Cool. Netflix is popping out a lot of good stuff. There was a movie that came out I watched a while back called Polar with yeah. Mads Michelson. Fucking dude's a badass in it. You can't keep up with Netflix. No, yeah, you really yeah. can't. There's no way in hell. I also started a new Ricky Gervais series. Afterlife? Yeah. Yeah, because I was confused because the movie for today is after Dot Life. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, wait a minute. Didn't I just save that to my queue? Right. No, but yeah, I just started Ricky Gervais's after series Life. Afterlife as after well. After not Dot Life. Yeah. After, yeah. No <laughs> Dot in that one. No so, Dot. And Maddie has rejoined us. Welcome back. Sorry, guys. All good. So I've been working my way through my Road to 200 series on my blog, and I've actually been uh, fortunate enough to watch a lot of really, really good movies. <clears throat> the one that I want to actually reference is the one that I watched yesterday morning. That was a uh, rediscovery of American history X recommended by one of our own Josh. Yeah. That is such a great fucking movie. I actually, so I did good. watch that this week also. It so. is. I forgot how like powerfully painful it is to yeah. watch in some of those scenes. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, I can't really do it justice just talking about it. You have to watch it and you have to kind of experience all of it. So I, I think that's the best work that Edward Norton did. Yeah, honestly, I I agree with that. Uh, Primal Fear is a close second for me, but uh, American History X is probably his best. He best yeah, he definitely yet. gave himself to that role, and he it shows in there every second of it. So really, really great recommendation. All right, trying to come up with some different ideas for our cast just to get the discussions and the dialogue, and maybe even some headbutting going. And I thought, what would be a good way to do this? And I came up with the idea because we are in the uh, the throes of March Madness basketball season. And I thought, what if we took the top 32 horror movies of all time and pinned them up against each other tournament style? So I did uh, quite a bit of research. I went to like 10 different sites to find the top like 50, 100, whatever they had. And I just took their top 32. And it's incredible how differing they are. 
So what we've got is a compilation, and we'll put this up on the Facebook page and the website probably, and uh, so you can kind of see and keep along with us. But essentially what we're going to do is we've taken the top 32 of this conglomeration of 10 top 32 horror movies, and we're going to go through and we're going to tourney style them until we come out with the winner. So tonight we are starting with Josh and my region. And we're just going to kick it off, and uh, let's start with Josh's. And our first matchup here is uh, number one seed, Psycho versus Scream. So Psycho and Scream were both, for their time, very, what's the word I'm looking Revolutionary? for? Revolutionary? Yeah, kind of. Like, uh, you know, Scream re-sparked horror, you know, for mm-hmm. our generation. Um, but Psycho had this effect on people. Mm-hmm always will be considered a classic and I'm not sure scream will always will really live in that same classic kind of realm as psycho does. But if I had to pick one to move on, I would pick scream and see, I I actually agree with you. I've seen quick preface. All the names that you hear on here are the originals. There are no remakes. Absolutely none. Back to the point. I've seen both the original and the remake of psycho. I just, I never really got into it. I don't see the appeal to, I get the, the appeal, but I just, I don't know that it holds as well as people say that it do. And again, that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I hope somebody else has a differing opinion because I'd love to hear it. But for me, I, I sit on the scream side. I, I want to see scream. I feel like it's a better movie. Yeah, Psycho is also the only, I think, I believe the only film that kills the main character off in like, like the, the first, first 20, 20 minutes. minutes yeah. Um, and I don't think there's a film that's come out um, that's done that yeah. since. Interesting. Uh, which is again, that. that's a whole like that's a whole thing. That's a yeah. that's a big thing that people remember about that movie is they killed off the lead character in that first twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and then the shower scene and the music and everything that goes along with it. It's, I mean, there's kids that have never seen that movie that know when you're doing the sound and the and the the knife. They know what it's from. They've never even seen that movie. Exactly. But to that same point, you could you could call somebody up and say, "Hey, what's your favorite <laughs> scary movie?" And you get the exact same thing on that. So, 100%. you know, it's they're both very iconic movies for what they are. I personally just like scream a little bit better. So I think it's definitely a generational thing in, you know, talking with my folks about the movie, about Psycho. They said it was one of the most disturbing things they'd ever seen in their life. They're not horror fans, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think if they were to see modern horror now, that would freak the shit out of them <laughs> if they actually actually <laughs> they, they would need therapy. Like that. Exactly. So we're talking a generation that wasn't used to seeing stuff like this mm-hmm. on the screen. So how that affected them is the same way that we were affected when we saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Halloween for the first time. So it is a generational thing. To Josh's point, I do believe both of them do have historical importance. You say Scream may drop off a few generations from now. I don't believe so because it is so historically important that they revive not necessarily revive but it just got that energy going again for modern day horror i mean it reintroduced the slasher and everything Mm -hmm. else i think scream will hold up just as well as psycho in the future for my personal preference scream moves on okay i actually was gonna go with psycho and not because i think it's i think they're both fantastic movies i think these were kind of odd ones to put up against each other yeah, yeah. because scream does kind of have a comedy element i don't mm-hmm. think psycho is funny oh, at yeah. all no <laughs> um, <laughs> because we all we all know people like that um <laughs> that you're like oh shit i think this guy's got his mom la- his mom's like titty in a box under his bed we all know someone like that yeah don't check my office 
okay, thank you. You bet. <laughs> but um, I'm also a little biased because I love 40s, 50s, and 60s horror. Sure. I love that black and white look. I love the look of it, the contrast, everything. And just to me, Psycho is so iconic. So I'm going to have to go Psycho, but obviously I am. Well, no, and that's that's kind of what we're what we're trying to do here is we're just trying to yeah. get a discussion going here. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that Psycho is the lesser movie, just what our preference no, is. Yeah. And that's ultimately what this is going to be is the preference of what our preference is, I guess. Yeah, and everybody listening, feel time. free to, to chime in and tell us Absolutely. how wrong we are, wrong we are <laughs> on our side, too. Yeah. You guys are picking the wrong ones. Yeah, uh, comment, tweet us, whatever you kids do. What do they call it when they comment on Instagram? Slide into our DMs. Slide. Is that what the kids say? We'll go with that. <laughs> Clearly, we're not young. Yeah, I was going to say. We- All right. Jumping down to our next matchup, we have Friday the 13th versus The Fly. Would The Fly be considered body horror? I didn't know that was... <laughs> You don't know I, I almost considered a creature feature and a creature yeah. feature that actually brought up something when you said that psycho and screamer were weird things to put up against each other. That was my purpose. When I put this bracket together was I didn't want like slashers going up against slashers and mm-hmm. psychologicals going up against psychologicals. I wanted the best of the best going up against the best of the okay. best. So <laughs> that was my, my purpose here. You're not going to see uh, at least for the first round, you're not going to see two subgenres going up against each other. And if you do, I apologize. But I must have missed that one. So, uh, Friday the 13th versus the fly slasher versus creature feature. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have uh, an explanation for these two going up against each other. I mean, Jeff Goldblum was great in the fly. The fly is an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love it. And, and, and Friday the 13th is, is considered like the very first like real slasher movie. Mm-hmm. I would. I'm just going to go with Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, that's just. I have no other explanation. The for only it. argument I have against what you're saying is that Jeff Goldblum was not the original Fly. There was one in 1958. Okay, okay. are we? I was going with the Fly, the Jeff Goldblum version. That's the only real version I know. So I guess I know. Right, and I, I had not seen bad. the. I had not seen the 58 version as well. I'm not familiar with it at okay. all. But I do know that because you had said we're going with originals. Mm-hmm. So okay, that was my just bad because I hadn't seen the original one. I do have to use the Jeff Goldblum version of it. Yeah. And I still think Friday the 13th is a better horror film than The Fly. Okay. However, the special effects in The Fly for when it was done mm-hmm. was fucking so, amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also going to have to go with Friday the 13th. It does have a really special place in my heart because this is my first slasher movie and one of the first horror, actual horror movies that I'd ever seen. So, yeah, Friday the 13th. I, I have uh, personally not seen the fly either version, any version, really. So I will default with Friday the 13th. Now, what's but, great is now second round now, Scream's going to go up against Friday the 13th, which is, you know. Yeah, we're a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was the whole point. Next, we have a uh, another slasher here. This is actually an add-in from Josh. We've got, uh, actually, both of these are Nightmare on Elm Street up against Amityville Horror. Nightmare was not a... You're right. I apologize. Yours was Friday the 13th, wasn't it? Uh, it was, was the other the added. Yeah, got it. Was, it. I apologize. Yeah. I got that goofed up. I'm going to have to go with Nightmare on Elm Street. I love Freddy as a character, mm. and like I love horror with just a tiny bit of humor in it, and I think Freddy is funny. 
not attractive as we talked about on our <laughs> on one of our last podcasts. Let Do me not just, be confused. Yeah, let me just. Oh, that was a weird discussion. That was strange. Like I am praying for Miss Dorothy's neighbor wherever she right? is. Yeah, and if you're interested in listening to that conversation, look back at our bonus episode of Women in Horror Month. Yeah, real fun times there. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Nightmare on Elm Street, and a lot of it is for the same reasons as Friday the Thirteenth. It was one of my first. Mm-hmm you know, horror movies. So it's always going to be a little special for me. I'm going to actually side with that as well. I felt uh, nightmare on Elm street had, I don't want to say comical, like it was laughable, but there was a comic element to it just with how Freddie was as a character. I think that leveled up on the, the creepiness and the scare factor of what nightmare on Elm street was, what he was able to do as the villain in there. And that's, I thought was just absolutely fascinating idea that a killer could haunt your dreams <laughs> and actually kill you in your dreams. That's just an incredible idea for a horror film. So I'm siding with nightmare on Elm street. Right. Well, and for me, once again, I hadn't seen the original 1958 version of nightmare on Elm street. So I have to, I like how everybody's looking at me like, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, to your point, Greg, is both of these movies introduce something brand new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously, someone who's haunting your dreams. That was brand new and that was fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it's like I watched that movie and that truly freaked my shit out. Mm-hmm. I walked away from that movie completely unnerved. However, so did Amityville Horror because it was one of the first times I was introduced to a possessed house. Mm-hmm. We're talking pure evil in a house. Friday the 13th, or excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street, here's this character, but in this one, it's actual evil. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm putting my bets on Amityville Horror. Okay. Yeah, the cool thing is, is like both these movies are based off of like kind of true stories. Like Wes Craven heard, I don't remember where it was from. And it was a sleep study, wasn't it? All this, those, I believe it was. Yeah, it was a bunch of people that was. were dying in their sleep. It was like a group of Asian, Polynesians, uh, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like Ta- that. They're from Thailand, I believe. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. One of the, but, yeah. And, you know, Amityville, you know, horror, quote, unquote, actually happened. Um, <laughs> uh, was a real life event. And the book is fucking terrifying. Yeah, the book um, is really good. But I need to read it. the Nightmare on Elm Street's got a, a bunch of really great iconic imagery in it. The Amityville horror is just fucking scary. So I'm going with the Amityville horror. Ooh, we have a tie. Have a tie. And I'm actually just looking this up right now to see what you think a good tiebreaker would be. Now, if it's if it's the, in the person's bracket, should they be able to choose the tiebreaker? I, we could go with that way. I was looking up the star rating on IMDb. That's what I was gonna check. Okay, cool. I can check out Rotten Tomatoes. Well, we need we need a way to stall them to break this tiebreaker. What <laughs> would uh, if anybody's out there in Facebook world listening? What would you pick? Let's maybe we, uh, comment on that and uh, let us know what you would choose. Absolutely. Um, let Absolutely. us know that the Amityville Horror is the better movie to choose. Go ahead, just say it. It's fine. <laughs> My thing is like, which one is like scarier? Like, you can move away from a fucking house. You can't move away from like Dream Demon fucking your shit up. Right. That, yeah, that is one hundred percent true. That you can uh, you can get out of the house. What you can escape. And from I've never easier. I've never understood that about like haunted house movies. People who are like, oh my god, what do you do? It's like move, move, burn the house down. That's mm-hmm. what I'd be doing. Or you know what? If it's just something like slamming doors, I wouldn't give a shit, especially if you get like 10, 15, 20 grand off the house and they're like, hey, there's some like dead person in here. I'd be like, that's fine. Yeah. I just uh, like I said, is if we're talking about movies that had like a real effect mm-hmm. uh, for me, just me personally, like Amityville Horror to this day is one of those movies 
I, that still bothers you. If, oh, I mean, if I were to compare Amityville, the original with the Ryan Reynolds version, of I, it, I would go Ryan Reynolds all the way. I, yeah, no, you would. You, would you really? Is that just because he has a shirt <laughs> off the whole fucking time? You fucking I, know it. Yeah. I yes. actually like the Ryan Reynolds Amityville horror. Like, I mean, that does like mm-hmm. put some extra little peanut butter on that sandwich. <laughs> it was great. That but mixes like, a peanut butter with the chip. But I don't know. I liked his version. I, I like the original too. But who, who, I know he did a really good job. <laughs> that added a magic. lot to the story. Oh, that was magic. <laughs> I, do we have to go with the Ryan Reynolds version just for the fucking Amityville Horror? No. 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 Okay, so uh, what, do you, what do you got, Patrick? Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street by a huge margin. And that's what uh, IMDb has is 7.5 star versus 6.2. So we'll have Nightmare move on if you guys are all right with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. All right. No, I'm not okay with it, but you know, whatever. The people have spoken, Patrick. They have. Keep dreaming about that. Uh, was the one I was going to fight the hardest for, too. That, uh, sorry. Got, no, so, hey, you know what? IMDb has spoken, and it uh, knows better than I do. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah right. all the people on Rotten Tomatoes know better than you, Josh. <laughs> Clearly. Our last uh, matchup in the Josh region is 28 Days Later versus Let the Right One In. This one to me is really hard because I do really like both of these movies. As I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of zombie movies, mm-hmm. but the 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later series I really like because the zombies are actually scary because they can chase you. They're fucking rage zombies. Yeah, they're right. rage zombies. And as I said, I have a little love for anything based on rabies. <laughs> um, but I'm actually going to go on this one with Let the Right One In just because I liked it as a new kind of vampire movie. It was mm-hmm. just really elegant and it was a little bit of a slow burn, but um no, it was just really elegant and really, you know, interesting to have it's, like a ch- like a young child vampire was just I don't know, but it's also something to me that kind of lives just outside the horror realm because it wasn't a scary movie by any means. I that pool scene was kind of terrifying, I thought. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there. But yeah. no, I'm going to vote for Let the Right One In. Okay. Okay. Again, 28 Days Later was the first time you ever saw these things run. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, that was it. Just some straight fire for me. So uh, Let the Right One In, I didn't finish. I didn't watch the whole thing. I've never gotten through it. Did you ever see uh, Let Me In? I did not. No? Okay. It's basically so, a shot for shot remake. Exactly. Yeah. I, I knew that much. But yeah, 28 Days Later is uh, going to be my pick. Yeah. I got to go with 28 Days Later. Um both really, really good movies. I just think that I'm more entertained by something that just keeps going and going and mm-hmm. going and just attacks me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 28 days later for me. And kind of, I, I'm, I could be the the deciding factor. Or I could be the uh, the tying factor here because this is <clears throat> this was one of the the harder ones for me to choose because I did like both of them equally as well. I I really appreciated Let the Right One In just because it is a foreign horror film and I feel like how it was set just added to the ambiance and the environment of the movie, but it was really a, a sweet movie for what it was. And I really appreciated that, but I do have to go with 28 days later just because it is rage zombies. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time you see these things run and you see these things run and you're just like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like yeah. I can't even run away from these things anymore. I'm it's like, it's game over at this point. So 28 days later is my choice. Yeah. And I'm totally happy with losing because these are both <laughs> good movies. Right. Well, like, and- I, I just checked Rotten Tomatoes in case we had the tie. Rotten Tomatoes has let the right one in at 90% and 28 days later at 85%. All right. 
uh, let's go ahead and go into the next round so that we can go into the quarterfinals when we come back to this side. So let's uh, let's jump back up to the top really quick. Scream versus Friday the 13th. Um, yeah, again, both considered slasher movies. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Friday the 13th is considered the again, the, the first slasher movie. But Scream is con, uh, considered the, the resurgence mm-hmm. of slasher movies. Oh, that's ugh, fuck. It's tough. I'm going to stick with Friday the 13th. Okay. Same. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Friday the 13th. Ooh. Patrick? I'm in the same boat. Really? Yep. Damn. I was actually going to take Scream, but... Well, you can still take Scream and I'm you'll going lose. To, no, I'm going to take Scream. <laughs> just because I feel like it was a, a better slasher. Or at least I appreciated it a little bit more. But again, that's just me. And the, I have it, terrible taste. A nice little slasher with a twist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Which is a well, kind of, that was a cool thing. With technically, it. so was Friday the 13th. Well, and I so that's true. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So, so you're basically pinning the 1970. When, okay, let me ask. When did Friday the 13th come out? Is it 82? 80. 81? 80? Okay. So, and it they was call May it the first, 13th, 1980. Oh, nice. Can't even fight with her. She just knows the exact fucking date. <laughs> that's hard to argue. Come with. after me. So. She could be making shit up, and we just go, whatever. Oh, exactly. yeah, that's <laughs> true. The, and they call this the, the first slasher movie, even though Halloween came out before this. Yeah, they consider Friday the 13th the first true slasher movie. Interesting. So, yeah, you're talking 20, 30 years in between the two, but it's basically the same kind of movie. So, interesting. All right, Friday the 13th moves on. Moving on. Oh, I'm going to hate this one. Nightmare on Elm Street versus 28 Days Later. Just for uh, my brain and the fact that uh, the way my brain works and the way, like, I get bored very easily talking about a uh, movie that's keeping my attention – I uh, would go with 28 Days Later. Sure. But are you really going to ask Maddie what she's going to vote for? Because we just know. Well, I always want Freddy, ver- Freddy versus Jason to happen. So we're gonna, <laughs> I'm going with Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Oh, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, when it, yeah. When it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to just pure entertainment factor, I think I do have to edge Nightmare slightly over 28 Days. Oh, gosh, this is a tough one for me because mm-hmm. 28 days probably disturbs me more than Nightmare, but Nightmare as an entertainment factor and the overall franchise probably <clears throat> goes into my decision and I'm going to say Nightmare. Nightmare on Elm Street, though, really didn't even become like truly funny until like three or four movies in. Yeah. yeah. Freddy was considered a serious yeah. villain until they started getting all MTV jokey with him. And that um, just shows you why sequels should not happen with I mean, movie, really? horror yeah. movies. Yeah. Because Freddy versus Jason up. is just full of one-liners for Freddy all the way through. So wait, we got two. We got uh, we got two and one. Okay, cool. Oh, Greg's, God. Greg's Greg. a deciding factor oh, here. Oh, God. Greg, make the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew this was going to happen. This is going to be a tough one because I obviously love Nightmare. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And going up against Rage Zombies and 28 Days Later. But I want to see it happen, too. I'm going with Nightmare. Yeah. Right, cool. so, so when I looked at my bracket, when these when we first started doing this, this is not how I saw this bracket going at all. So <laughs> I'm a little bit um, – I'm not upset at all because this is fucking cool. But it's surprising to see the bracket end in such – a weird standoff. So it's and, kind of an iconic standoff. Yeah. yeah. They made a fucking movie about it. So yeah, when we, uh, when we return to uh, the Josh bracket, we have literally Jason versus Freddie. Yeah. Let's swing over into the Greg bracket, which this is going to be an interesting one. 
Very interesting. So no, I, I know the way Maddie's going to vote on the first one. Yeah, do we, yeah there's really, no there's question. Really we don't even have to talk to her. <laughs> first uh, matchup in the Greg bracket is Night of the Living Dead versus Hellraiser. Maddie picks Hellraiser. Josh, what do you got? <laughs> no, <laughs> we know, but let her speak. No, up. go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to pick Hellraiser. <laughs> No explanation. Interesting, interesting thoughts. I talk like every other podcast. I talk about how much I love Hellraiser. I don't think I need to. I think you mentioned Hellraiser in every single podcast. I have. I'm going to do it it again. Yeah, yeah. No, of course I love Hellraiser. That was actually when I was putting these together, and I saw those two pinned up against each other. I thought, oh god, Maddie's going to either go with that one, or she's going to have a hell of a time trying to pick those two. But it's a zombie movie, the original zombie Mm -hmm. movie. So, and I do like, I do like Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. um, But hello. Yeah, I mean, George Romero is, uh, uh, again, always going to have a place in my heart. So I'm going to go with Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead was probably the first horror movie that I'd ever seen. And it has had an effect on me. However, I'm going to have to throw my hat in the ring for Hellraiser. Because when I saw Hellraiser, that shit had more of an effect on me (laughs) than Night of the Living Dead did. And, and yeah. Night of the Living did have the uh, it did have the historic tones mm-hmm. also with yeah. the, the race and oh yeah, yeah, and yeah stuff yeah. like that as far as how it was cast and mm-hmm. you know being looked down uh, upon because of the way it was cast. But it wasn't and, just a horror movie; it was commentary. Yeah, it was a social commentary. Yeah, movie. very much. And all of his all of his movies are, but that right, was, yeah. but that one very specifically. Yeah. Josh, I don't know if you remember a while back we did the. Uh, we used to we used to do a podcast called the Greg the Movie Guy Movie Review Podcast or the Movie Cast. You remember this? Yeah. Do you remember the really really embarrassing episode where we went through the uh, AMC Top Fifty and talked about the movies we hadn't seen? Yeah. I'm kind of in that boat again here because I oh, have not no. seen either of these movies. What? Oh my god! Fuck. I'm a brand new shade of red. <laughs> so I have a a little bit of a tough time picking on this one, but I'm going to actually go with Night of the Living Dead. Only because I appreciate George Romero and what he did. Not saying that Hellraiser is a bad movie because I absolutely want to see it. I love the character of Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Just the look of him looks fucking terrifying. So we, I believe, have a tie. Patrick? Yeah, what do we got? I, I'm looking him up. So talk amongst yourselves. I, I want to know a little bit of, uh, I guess, background as far as like your obsession with Hellraiser kind of matter. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> okay. I, yeah, no, I I don't know why this movie is so <laughs> I was curious. interesting to me because but. that it's kind of a slow burn movie. Also, like Hellraiser doesn't move that fast, but it's short. I feel like from beginning to end, like they get their yeah, points gotcha. going, and movie. like okay. what? Um, or were you asking why I decided to tattoo it on my leg? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I, no, I was just. Uh, I mean, that curious kind of adds to the point, but <laughs> no, we just know you're fucking weird. So. <laughs> What do got, uh, the numbers came in and Night of the Living Dead moves on. Okay. I can live with that. So our next matchup is, um, yeah, Evil Dead versus Last Shift. Uh, that's a no-brainer for me, Last Shift, because I'm looking at this as pure horror. I enjoy it. That's my vote. Um, I, I'm going to go with Evil Dead. Okay. Last Shift. All right. As it was my, uh, my drop-in, <clears throat> I want to see Last Shift move on. So, sorry, Josh. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to get up and walk away. Fuck you, non-Evil just, Dead fans. There's, there's glass on the table. I don't want to see anything broken or anybody injured. <laughs> no, no. Shanked in the neck. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one was a uh, another substitute that I had thrown in. I can't remember what was in here first, but 
We have American Werewolf in London versus The Strangers. Nobody jump at once. Uh, no, go, ahead. go, Greg. Or go I, I would yeah. say for me, The Strangers introduced Home Invasion yeah. to me, and I, I love that subgenre of horror. American Werewolf in London has not aged well with me. I go back and watch it, and I don't, I don't enjoy it as much as I have in the past or mm-hmm. when it first came out. So my vote is for The Strangers. Um, if you're voting for fucking badass werewolf transformations, then you would vote for American uh, Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're voting for a fucking just really good movies, uh, I'm going to go with The Strangers. I have not <laughs> gotten around to rewatching The Strangers yet. So I'm going to go with American Werewolf in London because I do really like that movie. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. And because, as I've said... I don't hate the strangers, but it is a slow burn. <laughs> so fair. I'm I'm kind of in that same boat where uh, I I mean obviously strangers is one of my all time favorites, but I haven't seen American Werewolf in London in a hot minute. That transformation is unreal, iconic, yeah. absolutely unreal. Mm-hmm. What they were able to do with that, and I I don't even remember when that movie came out. For that reason, I should pick, or for that one scene alone, I should pick Werewolf, but I'm gonna go with Strangers. Yeah. So. This next matchup is one I've been waiting for for yeah. a while, and I w- I'm waiting to hear your response to this one, Josh. We have Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus the Blair Witch Project. Wow. Yeah. Who's going to go? Go ahead. Are you all looking We're all looking at each other. We're going to see I'll, who's going to pull I'll the trigger on this one. I'll, yeah. I'll jump in first here. Based on pure staying power, I, I feel like Texas Chainsaw Massacre should move on just because it is considered one of those more iconic uh, horror films in the realm of like the legacy horror movies. So not necessarily the, like the Dracula's and Frankenstein's, but um, yeah, the Friday the 13th and the nightmare on Elm streets. So I'm, I'm moving forward with uh Texas chainsaw massacre. Yeah. I mean, uh, of all of them on here, the, the Friday the 13th and the nightmare on Elm streets, uh, I feel like the Texas chainsaw massacre is the better of all of them. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the sheer like experience everybody had to go through to make the Texas chainsaw massacre and how miserable it was on that set. And you know, Leatherface is an iconic character. Mm -hmm. But the fucking marketing and the genius oh behind the Blair God. Witch Project is really tough to beat. Mm-hmm. And when you convince so many people to walk into a theater and watch that movie as if that shit's real, you got something going. So I'm going to go with the Blair Witch Project. Interesting. Okay. I have to agree with Josh. Just because the pure marketing genius behind it, they took this movie that cost him, what? Nothing. $30,000 to make, and they made millions on it and convinced a nation that this shit was real, that this actually happened. The websites they had set up looked legit. They knew how to do this, and they ushered in the sub-genre of found Found footage. footage. I mean, they weren't the first ones to do it, Mm -hmm. but they were the ones who put it on the map. This is a hard one for me, too. Um, I will say, although I love Leatherface as a character, I actually don't like the original Texas Chainsaw because that woman who would not stop screaming Uh, like the entire last like 40 minutes, I was like, bitch, shut up. Like, (laughs) I'd kill you, too. Like, are you kidding me? Like, if you just had somebody sitting in the back of your car shrieking that long. Oh, yeah. I don't care who you are. If you're a killer or whatever, I'd like swerve into the median. But um, just because of the viral marketing and everything that went into Blair Witch and how little I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Blair Witch. Yeah. Um, if this was the remake of Texas Chainsaw, I might. This I would probably have a little bit. The, the, the Jessica Biel remake? It's Jessica Alba. And it, I actually. It's Jessica, it's Jessica Biel. Biel. Is it? Yep. Yeah, it is. I can't tell those hoes apart. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> 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 um. 
All right. So we're going to move on to the next uh, round in the Greg bracket here. We've got Night of the Living Dead versus Last Shift. Uh, I mean, again, George Romero fan. I, look, Last Shift had an effect. Like the first time I watched Last Shift, I wasn't so much uncomfortable. It was just like, well, I guess, you know, what? I, I might have been a little bit uncomfortable. It's a nice, eerie, atmospheric movie. Mm-hmm. But again, if I'm talking about like movies that are like real classics and movies that like have like a real effect on society and, uh, you know, a historical factor, I'm going to go with Night of the Living Dead. Sure. For me personally, <clears throat> once again, it's about me watching it, being in the moment. How is it going to affect me right now? Night of the Living Dead would be purely nostalgic. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with the last shift because I could probably watch that again for the 15th time and still have it kind of freak my shit a little bit. Okay. I'm going to go with last shift as well. I really like that movie. All right. That's fair. Damn it. It comes down to me now. (laughs) This, this is a tough decision for me. Obviously I had substituted in last shift because it was one of the last uh, horror movies that truly terrified me, which I think there's something to be said about that, especially the horror movies that are being made now, which are, either half entertaining or half garbage, but you can't ignore what George Romero did for a franchise and what that did for movies in the society. So I'm, I'm really kind of tripping up on this one here. I'm going to have to go with night of the living dead. So we're tied again. We are tied again. We're tied. And I, I'm going to guarantee nightmare or nightmare. Good Lord. Night of the living dead is probably better. It, it, yes, I already did the homework here. Night of the living dead. We'll move on. Um, okay. We're talking 7.9 to 5.8 and oh 89% to 50%. Oh, God. Uh, the next and the last matchup we have in our topic this evening is the Strangers versus Blair Witch Project. And I put projects. I don't know why I did that. The Blair Witch <laughs> the Project. <laughs> I'd see that Filmed movie, too. Right? Yeah. We're, yeah, we're coming to pop a cap in your ass. <laughs> All right. What do we got? The Strangers or the Blair Witch Project? This will be a tough one for me. If if the the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was not that tough a choice for really? me with this one, Blair Witch versus The Strangers, mm-hmm. um, two of your all time favorites, really fucking tough. Sure. Again, uh, you go with the viral, you go with the marketing of the the Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. and you know you, how smart it was. But The Strangers is like a movie that uh, I could watch on any given night. Fuck, I'm gonna go with The Strangers. Okay. Kind of a tough one for me. Just. As I said, because I haven't given Strangers the chance it Mm -hmm. deserves, I will probably have to go with Blair Witch Project just because it really put, as you said, it put um, found footage on the map. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just. Just for the sake of it, um, I'm going to go with the Strangers. I I appreciate what the Blair Witch Project did and how it got to where it got to. Um, But the Strangers was just a, a, I thought it was a great movie for what they did. So that's what I'm moving forward with. I won't even be mad at which one wins. This <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't even like, I care, exactly. but I will so, not, I'll never be mad. So we have two for strangers, one for Blair Witch, correct? That's 100% yeah. correct. Right. So I can either tie or move something on and I'm going to have to go with Blair Witch, which ties Ooh. it. <clears throat> so doing the homework. Oh, to have the power. It's really <laughs> freaking close. Okay. Strangers 6.2, Blair Witch 6.4. Oh my wow. God. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes has Strangers 47, Blair Witch 55, moving Blair, Blair Witch, Witch into the next bracket. Fantastic. All right. All right. So that concludes the first couple rounds of the first couple brackets come back next episode we're not done obviously and uh we will go through the patrick bracket and we'll go through the maddie bracket the following episode after that we will go through the quarterfinals the semifinals and the finals 
and figure out what Midnight Frights cast feels is the greatest horror movie of all time. Moving along, we watched a movie, After Dot Life. Patrick, you got the deets. Yes, I have the deets. After Dot Life 2009, <laughs> currently free on Vudu, and you can rent it on several of the streaming services out there running, I believe, an hour 38. After a horrific car crash, a young teacher awakes at a mortuary slab. The funeral director convinces her she is not alive, but transitioning into the spirit world. Is he telling the truth? Question mark. IMDb rating 5.9. Metascore rating 36%. Rotten Tomatoes critic rating 25%. Rotten Tomatoes audience rating 32%. Let's talk about this movie. Let's do it. Uh, I would think we should start with Greg because he it, chose the movie. Is is it weird that I kind of want to end up in the penalty box? <laughs> this is my payback for revenge. It is my revenge for revenge. No, not that wasn't the case. At I all. don't think this is a penalty box movie at all. Really? Yeah, no. I I, I stumbled across this movie. Actually, uh, somebody recommended it to me, and I completely forgot and had forgotten about it. And going back and rewatching it, what I really appreciated about this movie was basically Liam Neeson. I think he was the driving force behind this. He is the creepiest son of a bitch. Wow. Just wow. I I liked how he drove this movie and basically how he was interacting with basically him and Christina Ricci in there, convincing her that, hey, you're dead, you're just transitioning, and you get to hang out with me until I send you on into the next world. And it's just a, an incredibly interesting story to think of what would happen if you were in that position and somebody's sitting there trying to convince you, no, you're actually dead, you're just hanging out until you move on into the next world. I just I really appreciated that part of it or that aspect of it. That was the reason I had chosen it. It's not necessarily a a super horror movie, but it has horrific elements in it, and I think that warrants a a watch on our cast. So sure, I, I watched the movie last year based on Greg's recommendation. So I had uh, already seen this film, but I rewatched it uh, anyway because the first time I saw it, I remember coming on here and talking about how. It was really confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be and which direction right. it really wanted to go. And so I was, I was having a hard time, I guess, following along with: is she dead? Is she not dead? Mm-hmm. What is going on in this movie? the The cast is great: Justin Long, Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. Christina Ricci. I feel like Justin Long gets like stuck in this boyfriend typecast situation right. a lot. In every movie he's in. But he was he was good in the movie. Liam Neeson, you touched on. He was great. He was creepy. Mm-hmm. Christina Ricci. It's Christina Ricci um, <laughs> in the movie. It's Christina Ricci <laughs> naked in the movie for quite a lot of it. Was yeah. she? I must have watched a different version of this movie. Oh, she, she was not no, naked in the movie was, that I you, watched. Yeah, I was going to really? say, are you shitting me? I've seen her breasts more than mine now. Nope. She was not naked in the movie that I watched Seriously? at all. Wow. Nope. She had her red, like, nighty on the yeah. whole oh, I, I movie. Get it. Oh, I get yeah. it. E-Beth uh, is listening right now. Okay. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Busted. Um, so, um, that bus just drove right over. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so atmospherically, the movie's really good the ending again we got to the end and i was like oh is, what's i don't is she what is she it never really answered it for me and i guess i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or i don't know if it answered for you guys or if you guys have an answer if you do give it to me i'll take it because 
Apparently, I need to be spoon-fed the ending to this movie. I do, but I'll hold on to it for now. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell everybody towards the end, but I want to hear everybody's thoughts. Well, cool. and, and I pulled something directly from the movie, one of Liam Neeson's lines that I think explains the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie when it first came out on DVD through Netflix DVD, and we rented it, we saw it, and my initial reaction back then was, eh. And so I rewatched it because it's been several years. It came mm-hmm. out in 2009. And I rewatched it, and I had a similar reaction. I went, meh. I thought the acting was good. Mm-hmm. The cinematography was good. It just wasn't a movie that really kept me entranced in the whole thing. Sure. Justin Long, I do want to touch on him, though. I don't think he was given a great character to work with. He was kind of an asshole, but he was asked to really care about Christina Ricci's character. And he did break down. He, I mean, his emotions in this movie, I think he really went for broke on this movie, but I don't think he was given enough character information in order to make his character really great in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I said that typecast. It's, right, I mean, exactly. He's an asshole yeah. boyfriend in Tusk. He's an asshole boyfriend in Drag Me to Hell. He's an asshole boyfriend in Afterlife. He's stuck in he's that type. I mean, the only movie I've seen him in that he wasn't really that was Dodgeball. Dodgeball, where he's trying um, to be the boyfriend. Oh my god, so, Dodgeball. <laughs> I mean, he's just kind of <laughs> stuck. That's another podcast altogether. Yeah. Anyway. He's just kind of stuck in that in that spot. <laughs> right, right. Sorry right. for interrupting. But no, 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 yeah. no, not at all. So, uh, like I said, I for me, it was kind of a middle-of-the-road movie where it's not something I would probably rewatch again, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it as I was going through. So I watched this for the first time. I've actually never heard of this movie. But right away, I knew Greg picked it. And I don't mean that as an insult. So don't even look at me like that. Uh, Technically, I have not picked a movie on this cast. So. okay, but like just from hearing you talk about the movies you do like and giving your opinions on it, I was like, oh, this I can tell Greg picked this movie just because there's a lot of really beautiful shots in this movie right off the right off the bat. There was quite a lot like I loved that white contrast in the Mm -hmm. beginning Mm -hmm. Um and just kind of like those shots, like when she's getting her hair dyed, like that looks really cool. Oh, um, when it looks like it's blood dripping yeah, down. It's actually yeah, hair dyed. yeah. That was a cool shot. Yeah, that yeah. was a beautiful shot. And also, like, it wasn't super gory. You don't seem like you're into that. So um, <laughs> I didn't really know exactly what to think about this movie. I did enjoy it. Um, I probably wouldn't watch it again. Mm-hmm. But the acting in here was fantastic. But as you said, Justin Long's character kind of was a little one dimensional. But also seeing him in a, in a suit really threw me off because he looks like he's 12 and he's always looked like he's 12. He's, such so a, he's got such a boyish he face. Yeah. It's hard boy. for him to, to age up and play more mature characters. Yeah, I think like he's one of those people. I think if you slapped a beard on him, like it would put like 10 years on him. You could get like some more roles not being the asshole boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought the acting in here was really good. It was interesting seeing Liam Neeson in this type of role mm-hmm. because I don't see him in a lot of horror type stuff. Um, he did a really good job. I was like, ew, mm-hmm. like, ew, when I die, I hope I just go up in flames because I don't want any funeral director touching me. Christina Ricci and her breasts did a really great job in this movie. <laughs> See, Liam Neeson didn't creep me out as much as the cop that came in. to. Uh, yeah, that oh, was yeah. disgusting. I was like, yeah. uh, excuse me, because I thought he was like actually going over to like be like, oh, I saw her move. Is she really dead? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I was, I'm kind of like Josh. I was really confused at the end about what was actually going on. I kind of had a way I was leaning, but yeah, I do. I do like movies that kind of keep you guessing. guessing. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that I was like, so I definitely leaned toward more one side than the other. But yeah, I think this was, it was a decent movie. Yeah. What, uh, what side were you leaning towards? I didn't think she was dead. Okay. Which way were you leaning, Josh? The the whole movie, you'd sit there and go, she's not dead. I don't know. I got to the end and I was like, I don't fuck. I have no idea. I mean, they, they have that shot at the end where she's he's just about to take her to – she's in the casket and she breathes on the mirror. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, there's she's not dead, right? I don't know. There's some spots in there where – it can go either way. Yeah, because there was two know. times she breathed on a mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he did it. And there was the also like when she trashes his room. Yeah. And he comes in and says, What do you what what did you do? So like there was obviously some physical things going on there, but then you're wondering, okay, is that a physical manifestation of the spiritual world? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> but then she also calls him, and I don't know if this is a bad connection or if he really couldn't hear her. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh the spot where he's he just there's spots where he hears her, and so it's like, is that her communicating from the other side? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. it just it it does a nice job throwing well, there, you for the loops. There's also like when that other body was in there, and he was like talking to it and kind of being freaking strange. Mm-hmm. And but you're just seeing it, and the guy's the corpse isn't reacting at all. But the old woman who was dead previously was in there. Yeah, and Christina the, the, Ricci the was woman they kept to, saying, you're not ready. You're not. And she's combing her hair. Yeah, yeah. And like she was able to like communicate with her. But you don't know if that because he's like he keeps injecting stuff. And like, I'm sorry, I don't really think you do that to a dead body. I mean, you embalm a body and that's kind of it. You don't need to like keep embalming it. You sh- If you did a good job, you should only have to do it one time. Yeah. <laughs> so and then maybe he's um, a half-assed mortician. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then there was also, didn't like a white van run her off the road and he was driving, driving a, a white, white van. Yeah, yep. a white rapist van. And so we, I definitely was leaning more towards he was, that kid was obnoxious though. You know, that's the other thing, the kid element thrown in there it was almost like a sixth sense type situation there because I couldn't tell if the kid could see dead people or Mm -hmm. he just saw people and he was just a really twisted, morbid kid. Yeah. Was his mom dead? Because like they showed her once and like they just showed like a back shot and it was almost like a psycho thing. She was definitely sick or something. She did not look healthy at all. Yeah. And they didn't really show like her moving or anything. Mm -hmm. So she could just, this kid could just be like strange. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have no idea either way, Greg. You this yeah, was... Greg, your thoughts. I think we've been talking for yeah. a while. Well, and I, I kind of gave you my thoughts. You know, I love Liam Neeson's character in this. I think as the the mortician, kind of playing the the mythological boatman, ferrying souls to the other side. I think he does a fantastic job with. And uh, uh, kind of like you said, and I appreciate you elaborating on how you knew this was a movie that I like because there's a lot of beautiful shots and not that I have shit tasted. <laughs> no. I appreciate you just, elab- I, elaborating I, on that. I, I was going to say it's just you were trying to crank out another Greg the Movie Guy movie just to get your, you know. Well, that too, but no, there were a lot of beautiful shots in this and that I, I really appreciated about this movie. But uh, what I'm going to do is I, I have a pretty positive idea on how this movie plays out for those who are questioning. And I'm glad that you guys had questions on here because that was my whole plan was to get a dialogue and a discussion going on. Is she, isn't she 
this, that, and the other thing. So if you are uh, any remotely chance interested in checking out After Dot Life with Liam Neeson, Christina Ricci, and Justin Long, I'm going to tell you to blank out for the next five minutes or so because I'm going to spoil the crap out of this. So it's St. Patrick's Day. They're all blanked out. I mean, it's <laughs> it is seven thirty on St. Patrick's Day. It's not going to go live Day. tonight. So oh, well, yeah. I mean, for the people watching, yeah, for the people yeah. watching, if for the kids watching at home, <laughs> after you're done throwing up in an alley, right? Please. <laughs> so, spoiler alerts are coming. Three, two, one. Uh, you are correct. She is alive. Uh, what he is injecting her with is a chemical that knocks her out for probably about an hour or so. Mm-hmm. And she comes to, he can kind of control when people come and see her and how all that works. Um, obviously the breath on the mirror is a huge tell that she's alive. Him just, or her destroying her, his lab work area, whatever you want to call that down there. The biggest thing though, and I don't know if anybody caught this was he took a picture of every corpse that he uh, morticianized. I don't know what I want to call it. Embalmed. Embalmed. Prepared. We'll go with that. Prepared for, for the for the services. There were some pictures that he had where people had their eyes closed, others that had their eyes opened. The ones who had their eyes opened were alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was he there was a there was a quick shot, I think, introducing his character when he was doing that, and there's a shot at the end where it shows the wall of all the pictures of people he is we'll call morticianized. Prepared. Okay. So, and there's a bunch of them that have eyes open and eyes closed. So, all the ones that had their eyes open were alive. And did he? Okay. So, I might have been drinking watching this movie. Um, <laughs> I'd be shocked if you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> was there a shot? Speaking of that little kid, there was a shot of a younger kid next to his like little freaky wall of collections, and it looked like that little boy. I didn't catch that. I part. did not. Yeah. Catch there, that it was like a younger boy, and it looked like. I apologize. All kids under the age of 12 kind of look the same to me. But um, there was a shot of like one of his pictures of like a little boy. Mm. And it looked like that little freaky <laughs> kid that kept following him around. So like, if anybody does watch that again, I couldn't tell you what I'll, I'll, part it was in. Yeah. But like, I swear there was like a little kid. And that was another thing that kind of gave me pause. Yeah. Like, is this kid like coming back to haunt him right. you know what i mean like would you stop putting dead bodies in the ground man i guess just a creepy fucking kid mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah i'll was, go back and i'll check that out and see what i can right. figure out was Justice long's character then dead mm-hmm. or alive at the end of this he was alive he was alive he, was alive. Alive. And he yeah, fucking okay. killed him in front of the kid yeah the, cool. the one line in this movie that made me convinced that liam neeson was killing these people is he had a very specific line he said don't you see i have no choice I'm the only one who can see all these corpses wandering the earth aimlessly. All they do is piss and shit, suffocating us with their stench, doing nothing with their lives, taking the air away from those who actually want to live. I have to bury them all. I have no choice. So basically he's saying all the people who are wasting everybody else's life and time <clears throat> needs to die. And he's the one to bury them. It's a very jigsaw mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Excellent. So we rate movies on three separate categories we rate on scare factor on gore factor and on an overall as far as a scare factor what do we got nothing i i can never give a movie a zero so a one yeah one. i'm the same as josh i can't give a zero so it's a one i have given zeros but it was more out of spite than anything i'll give it a one <laughs> what was that revenge <laughs> yes yeah, it was Weird. <laughs> but no this movie is not scary in the least bit so gore uh, score gore score uh one again uh same thing one one I give it, well, yeah, probably. Well, yeah, I'll give it a one. 0.5? Was there even any gore in here? Well, that's more than zero. <laughs> 
I feel like there was a there was a wound or something. Yeah, because she she had to sew up. She ripped out her heart. Was another one. Yeah, yeah. So there was a little bit, but just not much at all. It showed blood. Yeah, yeah. So it existed. (laughs) It existed. It existed. Yeah. And finally, for an overall. Uh, yeah. I I'm gonna go down the middle. Just give it a five. So. Same with me. It was one of those that it just it, it 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 was okay to watch, but it just didn't move me all that much. Five. I'll give it a six, just because I kind of like that whole like did is she isn't she thing. Normally, movies really heavily lean one way or another, and this to me didn't. I was still like, what the fuck? So yeah, I'll give it a six. I'm I'm gonna sit on a seven. Uh, I really really like this movie. Obviously, since I chose it, I just, I feel like it. Obviously, it gives you that that question of is she, isn't she? There's beautiful cinematography in it. Liam Neeson alone is just fantastic in what he does. So I feel like a seven is decent score there. So we're probably sitting probably about a five five for a overall score. So that is Afterlife. That is After Dot Life. Let's roll to the end of this because I know we're running long. Who's got plugs? Uh, I'm going to plug real quick for the Nebraska Wildlife Rehab Inc. That's where I was. I was uh, giving a bird to my supervisor. <laughs> It is baby season and we are having um, huge floods here in Nebraska. So we are getting a big influx of animals. So go to the Nebraska Wildlife Rehab Inc. website and you can see how to donate, how to volunteer and how you can just help us out. As I said, we got tons of babies that are going to start coming in. There's an Amazon wish list that you can give to. We need food and shelter for these kids. So that's my plug. I'll, uh, I'll kind of piggyback on that. I've got two. Um, with these these floods, they're actually uh, actually in my backyard. I live in Elkhorn, Nebraska, and we're like right outside of where all of this is taking place. And it basically just looks like a gigantic lake up there. It's just devastating to see all these floods. If you're uh, if you're looking to to offer some help uh, monetarily or whatever, uh, shoot us a message on our uh, Facebook page or however you can get a hold of us, the website or whatever, and. We can get you directed to the uh, the right places to offer any help that you're willing to. Uh, my wife, Emily, has been kicking ass at just getting awareness out there and getting uh, funds and food and whatever that to the people that need it the most. It's just it's a terrible thing that's going on right now. And any little bit helps. So uh, don't feel too shy or whatever like that. And then second plug is I am Greg, the movie guy, and I am positively writing movie reviews over at Greg, the Cool. Yeah. Just uh, real quick. If you are uh, in Nebraska and you are a filmmaker, um, just uh, head on over to the film freeway page for the Prairie Lights Film Festival. Uh, looking for submissions, uh, whether you shot a music video, a short film, a feature film, whether you're a first time filmmaker or you've made a hundred of them, uh, just uh, go and submit uh, to the Prairie Lights Film Festival. It's a really great festival. It takes place in October in Grand Island, Nebraska. And uh, I will start doing the uh, plug plug here soon. It has begun. Well, Josh makes fun of me for how long the next plug takes, so I'm going to try to fire through it as quickly as possible. If you are a fan of the Midnight Fright cast, and we know you are, make sure you help us out by heading on over to iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to us on, and make sure that you rate and review us. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many, many more. You can also help us out with some of the minor bills and go to patreon.com slash minor... Minus... (laughs) the hell am I trying? I fucked that up, didn't I? You even got it written down, too. Exactly. I'm reading it, and I can't even do it. You can also help us out with some of the minor bills by heading on over to patreon.com slash midnightfrightcast. Make sure that you check us out online. You can find us on Twitter, at mfrightcast. Follow us and join in the conversation in our Facebook group, Midnight Frightcast. And you can also find us on Instagram, Midnight Frightcast. So share, 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 and share some more. 
and post it on your walls and tell your friends. And finally, make sure that you check out all our films at midnightfrightfilms.com. We awesome. have more coming. We absolutely. have more coming this year. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Friends, this has been episode number 52. We thank you for stopping by and listening to us rant and rave about horror movies. Be sure to beat us again. Uh, about two weeks, we will be doing the second half, second, third, excuse me, of our med- March. Man- Damn it, Patrick, look what you've done. <laughs> We'll be doing the second third of our March Madness bracket of the top 32 horror movies of all time. For the Midnight Fright cast, I am Greg the Movie Guy, and we will check you on the flippity flip. <laughs>